Hi, folks. Thanks again for sticking around with us here. This is still Rick Wagner here on KGLN, KNZZ, and various other places all across the uh, AM and FM dial, and we appreciate your listenership. So stick with us because we go around the uh, the bottom of the dial here on this weekend. So uh, we had a pretty good little run there uh, in the last segment talking about what's going on in the world, about uh, our national defense and uh, sovereign integrity. And we're not just talking about the eastern... uh, Eastern. <laughs> Jeez, it's just a matter of time till that border starts being a problem. But the uh, southern border, this time we're talking about uh, the border of our country along, oh, the Aleutian Islands up here, as uh, Russia and China become Arctic adversaries, as it were. So, uh, and I still am looking at that story and wondering how it is that we have seven warships, Chinese and Russian warships, you know, just cruising around out by the Aleutians, and we have a Coast Guard cutter that happens upon them. Yet we have all of this eyes in the sky, right? And, uh, you know, with the FBI trying to read your license plate number in your yard and stuff from space, more or less, most likely, you would think they would have a little time to take a look and see what was going on, I don't know, with our adversaries. Eh. What do I know? But it, I was a little concerned about that. I mean, it was not really mentioned in there, but I was thinking, what do you mean you just happened upon these ships out there? Aren't we supposed to be watching from space? Isn't the whole reason we have some of that stuff up? I suspect it's concentrated on, uh, you know, the Ukraine is why it's not up there, but, uh, nevertheless. So we obviously have huge challenges across the world, uh, with, to our military and to our positions on things. And we have established some of these positions at the peripheries of the globe in some of these ways to keep things from arriving in our country. In other words, we have some sort of buffer zones. So it is important that we have some forward bases and that we are forward-looking in these things. And to do that, we have to have not only an intelligence uh, service. uh, It's getting harder. What with the intelligence services so much more concentrated on investigating you that it's a lot harder to spend time looking out. They have had one success recently, though, Although it doesn't uh, really help us much in our other concern we're discussing, like what's our what's our state of military re- readiness. Here's a little story from, let's see, this is from National Review, actually, surprisingly enough, uh, this last week. Army's first trans officer indicted for spying for Russia. Well, that's a confidence-building story, isn't it? It says here, the U.S. Army's first transgender officer and his wife, a Maryland doctor, were indicted on conspiracy charges Wednesday for allegedly attempting to transfer confidential military medical information to Russia. Interesting. Moving on, we did find that, let's see, this person who started off his name Major Jamie Lee Henry and uh, their wife, I'm going to say their, anesthesiologist Anna Gabrielin are uh, the people who are involved in this. Now, uh, Jamie Lee Henry is kind of a trailblazer in all of this stuff. He uh, had requested to officially change his name in accordance with his gender preference in 2015. Prior to his case, identifying as a sex different than the one on your birth certificate made a soldier unfit for military service, warning discharge. Fortunately for all of us, though, Jamie Lee Henry was able to fight his way through that uh, patriarchal sort of uh, military and remain in. And so that he could more effectively, apparently, later on, spy for the Russians or attempt to spy for the Russians. What he was trying to do, and this is understandable, he's just trying to show off a little bit for his new friends, the Russians. He says, the pair accused of stealing his, these health files from John Hopkins and Fort Bragg, giving them an individual they believed to be working for the Russian government. 
They aimed to show that they could access classified information and readily provide it to Moscow to demonstrate their allegiance according to the indictment. So they're just showing off. Look what we can do. In this case, they did give it to an informant who eventually, you know, they got arrested. And <laughs> and Major Henry, this is always great to hear from, from our military people, expressed that he was committed to supporting Russia. <laughs> he was discussing this with his... Uh, with this person uh, who was pretending to be a Russian agent. So that's a high degree of military readiness we're at there. And there's no reason to be concerned. No, not at all. The military, you know what, the military, where their strength comes from? A lot of people think it comes from uh, competence, lethality, weapon systems, the ability to project force. Of course that's not it. The power of the military comes from its diversity and its commitment to Russia. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is just crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of story if you, you just know you would not think that you'd even ever read if someone would ask you that ten years ago. <laughs> just giving you a little t- I'm not trying to depress you really. I mean although it's depressing, but you have to know this stuff, folks. You have to see what's understand what's out there. So that when you're when you're thinking that how crazy it is, you need to realize it's crazier than that. So whatever you think is is out there that seems nutty to you, yeah, it's worse than that. So that just helps you keep your head in the game about this has got to stop. I mean, I don't care about you know this this transgenderism or whatever it is. This person just makes them happy, fine. But uh, you know, I mean, it, it's a not it's not a good advertising uh, situation for that uh, that in the military if <laughs> their first person turns out to be a Russian agent. I don't think the two are related, by the way, uh, but it just seemed bizarre. You know, the whole thing is bizarre. But it gives you some idea what's going on in the military. It gives you a lot of confidence in our ability to protect the country and meet our obligations. So if you're wondering about that, let's talk a little bit more about something that uh, you probably need to know about. You've heard a little bit about how the military is having a hard time getting uh, competent recruits, right? story out of uh, American Spectator that I, uh, and by the way, I, I think I, these stories are posted also on our website at therickwagnershow.com or politicalviking.com. You can look at them, and they're worth looking at. From the Spectator this week, uh, they pull up a story about this very, very difficult issue of getting enough competent people into the military. And it's not just that people don't want to go into the military. It's people that want to go are wildly unfit to do it in some instances. Um, it, it's They say catastrophic, and I agree. Now, the service, according to the story, and I have no trouble believing this, during the pandemic that they saw a 10% drop in aptitude test scores. And this year, to quote, this year, rather disturbingly, the service has witnessed a 13% drop Apparently above, I don't know if that's total or if it's below the last 10%. To compound matters, 70% of potential recruits interested in Army service, and just think about this last part, are disqualified in the first 48 hours. 70% of people who are interested in Army service are disqualified in the first 48 hours. Why is that? Well, it says here, three reasons. Obesity, low test scores, and drug use, and or drug use. That's uh, discouraging. And when you, when you get into the whole test score thing, it really comes down to what's going on in our educational system. Uh, 
I'm just going to quote here because I think it does a better job of it than if I could sum it up. So when it comes to basic reading abilities, scores for elementary school students are in the lowest point in the last three decades. Math scores are at their lowest point in 50 years. Great. Uh, and it says the country is even experiencing a decline in basic financial literacy. I mean, obviously in Congress uh, and the White House and really anything else that's associated with government, but apparently just regular people, too. The obesity problem is really a bad thing. And those of you that look around at young people today, uh, it's it's very obvious. It says 20% of adolescents are not just overweight, and most of them that are overweight would not qualify for the military standards. So you can be a little pudgy, but you can they can work that off you. But uh, they're not just overweight. They are clinically obese. And the expectation is by 2030, 51% of the population will be obese. Then you get drug use. Yeah, part of this problem is that a lot of baby boomers and really early millennials maybe uh, still think of marijuana as the potency that it had in the 60s, 70s, even into the beginning of the 80s. As we've discussed here before, that ship has sailed a long time ago. The marijuana potency for THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, uh, now bears almost no resemblance to the potency of 70s or early 80s. It's just because by legalizing it in these states, and allowing the cultivation, we have allowed them to consistently and scientifically, we're following the science now, everybody, follow the science, uh, increase the potency of the marijuana that they're growing. And we're talking about marijuana that is sometimes, you know, seven, eight, nine times more powerful than it was in terms of THC concentration than it was in 79 or something like that. So it's no longer just something that you, you can... Shrug off and people say, oh, it's more worth having a couple of beers. Oh, it's a lot more powerful than a couple of beers. And the extra power of this weed that we have out there is associated in many studies with psychosis and other middle disorders that come from constantly imbibing in it. And these Gen Zers, or Zoomers as they call them in the article here, uh, are more likely uh, when they want to uh, kick back and uh, lose part of their faculties use marijuana than they are alcohol. So that is a real problem. So what you're getting here is a whole population that the military has to draw from that are, and I I don't know uh, how else to put it, but many of the people out there that in the population are overweight, dumb, and high. And that is a problem and they don't seem to care and the military in trying to meet their recruitment goals are trying to lower the standards which is just fantastic isn't it part of the thing about the military now that makes that even more difficult is that we don't really have a lot of positions in the military in the United States don't involve some sort of competency or literacy involving the ability to follow instructions, the ability to read and follow instructions about the equipment that you're using. Everything is more sophisticated, even at its most basic level. The day when you could have a lot of people who had an IQ of 70 or something and you could find a place for them in uh, the Napoleonic Wars where you could have them charge forward, wave, you know, waving their sword and firing their musket once, uh, are long past. 
And you simply have to have a more competent and literate uh, military member now than you did at that time. We're not having them. And we apparently aren't interested in cultivating that. And then couple it with the other thing that we've discussed here, and that is the reluctance of families who have very competent young men and women, because it is true, there's a lot of great women in the military out there. Uh, I know a couple of where the drone pilots, it was amazing what they were, what they were doing. <laughs> it's just, you know, crazy and complicated. And so what you end up having is a very strong reluctance. It's, it's, it's a circular problem. You have a reluctance on the part of people who have sons and daughters that are very competent to make very good soldiers and Marines, airmen, coasties, all of that stuff. But they're reluctant to put them in and for a variety of reasons. One, they believe the military is becoming inept and dangerous. In other words, that they're not certain that the precious lives of their military members, even though we know that it is a dangerous profession, may be squandered by people that are frankly brain dead. And you can see that in the military when you see the top ranks of it. There, and there's a huge difference between the people in the, at the pointed end of the spear in the military and the po- people that are waving that spear around. And we see them and we don't trust them with the lives of our sons and daughters. It's just that simple. That's disappearing. We do not trust the leadership. We certainly don't trust the political side about what battles they're going to choose to involve themselves in. So... If you have a choice about putting your sons or daughters into the military, many people are saying, I don't think it's worth it. And I, that, that just, it's so sad. I find it personally very disturbing. Uh, the military is a wonderful place for people to develop skills in, to get internal discipline, and to, to foster pride in themselves. And, you know, to let our top leadership, assuming we can call it leadership, uh, destroy the confidence in that is that is catastrophic. So that's happening. Uh, along with that, there's the political piece of it, and that is that the military is becoming so politicized and woke, as we like to say now, that once again, many families are leery of putting their sons and daughters in there because it seems crazy to them. And they also are afraid they're going to, just like college, they're going to find themselves in some kind of trouble about something not using the right pronoun or who knows what. And so there's just another minefield in that organization they see coming up. And that holds them back. This is a terrible, terrible uh, situation to place yourself in as a nation. I mean, it's ultimately disastrous. And I don't know what we can do about it besides making incredible, substantial changes at the very top leadership of this nation. It has to be done. We have to start getting people in political positions in the civilian control of the military that are going to clean house with these weird, woke generals and admirals who are trying to position themselves to retire into Raytheon or General Dynamics or, you know, one of these other uh, contractors which are taking their cue about how woke they need to be from Congress. Because Congress allocates money, and they see uh, moronic activity out of people like the squad who don't like our military and obviously don't like the country, uh, trying to steer 
the allocations to companies that are more woke or essentially weak is how I would say for it. We can start with a W and finish with a K. Um, and so they try and mold themselves that way. And then they want military officers who are going to be woke so that if they're on their boards and stuff, so that these crazy people in Congress can't point to them and say, well, we're not doing business with the XYZ Corporation because they have General So-and-so. And he said he thought, and you know, so that, so it's just this crazy circle throughout this whole system that is, that is consuming itself. And it's consuming us with it. And then a way to stop that is to get rid of these people. We need to get people in Congress and the White House and in your neighborhood, uh, HOA, your drainage district and your city council who want this country strong and want the economy to be released from captivity so that it can prosper. Remember, one of the th- problems that we have in all of this stuff, the reasons people get in power in the first place, is they don't believe in liberty. People talk about freedom. I'm talking about the more specific people. They don't believe in liberty. They don't believe you should have, have the freedom to make choices. Liberty is the idea that you can make choices in your life. They want to constantly constrain the ability for you to make choices. And all of this gets wrapped up in things like the woke ideals and climate change hysteria. And it's a religion. It's a quasi-religious experience for these people. They have all the earmarks of a radical religious experience. They have a canon that they adhere to. They have heretics and blasphemy and transgressions are punished. It's, It's exactly the same. They're just afraid to have a supreme being because they don't want to have any real rules to follow in their personal lives. They would rather feel as though they are somehow becoming beatific by telling you not to drive as opposed to doing good things really in their own lives and leading a life of productivity. That is, you know, that kind of thing that might fall under normal religious experiences. They don't want any part of that. It's easier to tell you to turn off your weed eater and get an electric motor and uh, use that to generate electricity, which is one of my jokes, by the way. I ask people, uh, if you can't use a gas-powered generator to generate electricity, when the electricity goes out, what are you supposed to use? And I read someplace somebody was talking about, this was a while back, and, I, and it just stuck in my head, and I'm probably misinterpreting it because it was so funny, you know, that you could get an electric generator. So the idea of that <laughs> it just was so crazy. So here's the idea. I'm going to get an electric generator and use that to generate electricity, right? And then how do I charge the electric generator? Maybe I plug another electric generator into that. And at some point, what that becomes is a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> and if you know somebody that's interested in that, I could probably put something together in my garage and sell them, you know, the patent on it. <laughs> but that that's what you're having here. You're having one absurdity after another that's trotted out in front of you as though it were practicality. Makes no sense whatsoever. I'm hoping that it will eat its own pretty soon, that eventually they've gone so fast, so far, that the weight of this idiocy just collapses itself, because it does happen. Uh, However, because of the way they think about these sorts of things, there is a race uh, to control the levers of power in this country. Because no matter how stupid you are, if you can control all the levers of coercion and power, you can make people's lives pretty badly. You can impact them pretty badly. 
Uh, a good example of that is this um, election in Italy, which has been great. This uh, Giorgia Maloney, who is a very strong, very conservative person, has been labeled a fascist, of course. I mean, isn't everybody? Uh, because uh, in Italy, and we went through this, what fascia, fascia means in Italy, you know, the the bundle of sticks. It's an old symbol of Rome, and it was used by Mussolini. So they love if anything anything to do with Italians that have to say something slightly conservative are always fascists. And even though her entire push involves God and religion, which is an antithetical concept to fascism and national socialism, completely against all of that, they just ignore that. And, well, for instance, uh, she had a speech up, and I think I stuck this. I did stick this up on the website. Uh, this was from, uh, I don't remember. It might be The Spectator again. She had a speech up she gave in 2019 that they left up there, which t- where she talked about choosing life over death, responsibilities over desires, roots over ideology, and the uniqueness of the individual over the blahness of what these other people are putting out there. Really great speech, actually. Uh, she can read, when she speaks in English, it's a little slower because she kind of has to read it, but having her speak and then read its subtitles, you get the en- her energy. And it was up on YouTube for like, I don't know, since what, this was 2019? And then when she won the election and started getting attention, YouTube took it down. They said that it was uh, violated their community standards. And it was only when people really raised heck about what he talked about, what community standards did it violate, so they put it back up. And the fascination with fascism by people who behave like fascists is amazing. And it has a little something to do with, with this. You, you become what you resist, right? They think they're resisting it, and they've become it. That is the danger. We need to make sure that these people are removed before they completely reach all the levels of power. They have to be voted out, and we have to be diligent and not let them get back in. Because in the past, we've taken steps, and then we've kind of drifted away because we're conservatives and we have lives, and then they work their way back in. We just have to have constant diligence. You people out there are the key. We will talk next week. Take care of yourself.